And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, final hour of the show and the trade deadline has officially passed. I mean, I guess deals could still trickle through, but I haven't heard anything about the Cardinals making a trade. Uh, Naheem Hines just went to the Bills from the Colts. You figured Buffalo was probably going to trade for some sort of running back. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were supposedly in on McCaffrey at the very beginning a couple weeks ago, and then the Rams uh, made their offer, and he ended up on San Francisco. So they get Naheem Hines. Uh, Cam Akers doesn't appear to be anywhere. That's a surprise. Because Cam Akers seemed like he was was out of the Rams. He was gone. So is he just going to come back and not? Play for the Rams? Like, what is happening there? I have no idea what's going to happen there, but um, you know what? The Arizona Cardinals did nothing at the trade deadline. What this team needs to do is focus on Seattle and beating Seattle and get healthy once again. They, you know, we've talked so much ad nauseum about the injury report and the injury situation for the Arizona Cardinals. I just, more than anything else, if they could just get one or two guys back, like Rodney Hudson and James Conner, start there, those two guys, and change their offense in terms of the mentality of their offense. The mentality to attack the uh, the line of scrimmage and run the ball more like they did in the first half of 2021, it would go a long way to winning games, in my opinion. Yeah, it's... I, I wonder what Cardinals... Like, I didn't hear this mad outcry. If you got to make moves this year, or you got to sell players this year, it almost kind of felt like what you were just saying. Focus on what you have and see what you can do going forward. And, and I'm mixed on this, because if you if you are going all in at a certain point, you need to go all in. Like, you can't, you can't play poker and be like, I'm going to go, I'm going to put 95% of my chips in. Like, all right, well then, <laughs> those last 5% don't do anything. You need to go all in. Well, it depends what you have in your hand. Well, yeah, I understand that. But, I mean, if you're, if you're really going all in at a certain point, you are pot committed. And I feel like the Cardinals kind of are. But I also don't want you to do anything reckless, like I was saying yesterday. Don't tra- you don't need to trade your first-round pick. That could be a top-ten pick. You don't need to trade that pick for a rental. I'm... A little surprised that they haven't gone out and made some move for, okay, here's a little offensive line depth. Here's a pass rusher that isn't, you know, isn't Bradley Chubb. They must just really either like their pass rushers that they're developing or not like any other pass rusher in the NFL based on what we have seen at this deadline and throughout uh, the offseason. Guys that are available because... That has not been a priority at all, even though we all think it's going to be, and we keep thinking. It does not seem to be a priority at all to go out and get a pass rusher. It just doesn't. Um, these other moves to try and recap some of these, Wolf, Calvin Ridley got dealt to Jacksonville. Okay. It's an interesting trade since yeah, he's not playing, is. but Jacksonville's Jacksonville. out of it. So, yeah. Wow. You know what? I, if you get a good deal, um, do they say what it was for? Yeah, it was for a fifth and a second. What? That was what. That's, what Atlanta got a fifth and a second from Jacksonville from Cal, for Calvin Ridley. Oh my <laughs> that's goodness! I, that's what it costs to get Bradley Chubb. Man, right? I am. That's what it costs to get Roquan Smith. No, Roquan. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 
It's the same even for Roquan. Wow. Okay. Next. Would you rather have a guy that's suspended by the league or a guy that leads the league in tackles? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll take the guy who leads the league in tackles, I think. Man, that's that's stunning. Are you sure about that, Luke? Okay, this is NFL.com I'm looking at for this one. If, let me just say, side note, okay. if you're going to put out an NFL trade tracker, and, and we had to get, like Lauren found us, the New York Post actually has a good one right now, and I'm looking at NFL.com. NFL, NBA, whatever. If you're going to put out a tracker on your website, I just want a list of this guy was traded to this team, and this is what they traded back. I don't need tweets. I don't need like a collection of yeah, tweets. Right. Here's what one of our writers thought about this I trade know. three weeks. I don't care. Yes. I want to know who got traded. It's a trade tracker. You know what else, too, I cannot stand right now is the fact that when you just want to see the schedule, give me week eight of the schedule. I just want to see the schedule in the NFL. Just give me one line all yeah. the way down. What is the schedule in the NFL? No, they, they've got the matchups. Each one, you know, you've got to actually go ahead and scroll all the way. Stop it. Or like when you're looking for, Stop it. for a draft recap. Like, oh, the NBA draft is over. I'm going to click on this. I, you know, I, I watched the first 20 picks. But I had to go somewhere. I missed picks 21 through 32. Just give me the names. Give me the names and the teams in the college. You know you're in trouble when you open it up and it's written in paragraph form. <laughs> like, you know, I don't want to read a book about the draft. I just want to know who was actually drafted Drive into which you team. absolutely nuts. Anyway, after all that, we found a couple of decent trade trackers. Uh, in case you are just joining us, Bradley Chubb did get dealt. He got dealt to Miami. It was Bradley Chubb and a fifth rounder to Miami. Denver got Chase Edmonds a first and a fourth. That's that's a lot. What does that tell you, though? Honestly, that Miami's all in. That's Miami's all in, and not only is Miami all in, Denver's all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? they are. Yeah, even even though they beat Jacksonville twenty-one seventeen. How many Broncos fans are like zooming in on these trades, being like, is Nathaniel Hackett's name involved in any of these trades? We traded Nathaniel Hackett and Bradley Chubb. Like, here, you can have Bradley Chubb, but you got to take Hackett too. Sorry, Miami. Make him an offensive coordinator or something. Uh, then Miami also went out and they, they don't have Chase Edmonds anymore, so they just have Raheem Mostert. They went out and made a trade to acquire Jeff Wilson from San Francisco. Which, okay, Jeff Wilson, can I just say that I think Jeff Wilson is an underrated, an underrated running back. Um, but it's not like Jeff Wilson is a game changing running back. No, but it just it just seems weird to see that actually at the trade deadline. Mike McDaniel you say Bradley Chubb and Jeff Wilson. <laughs> <You know. laughs> uh, it was a fifth round pick. I mean, you can see why the Dolphins did it, right? It's Mike McDaniel. He gets to reunite Mostert and Jeff Wilson in Miami's backfield. Okay, just recreating San Francisco's backfield in Miami. I don't understand why San Francisco did it because, as you pointed out earlier, Christian McCaffrey does have a history of getting hurt. And the 49ers have nothing behind McCaffrey now. At least before, if McCaffrey got hurt, they had Jeff Wilson, who they know is decent in San Francisco. Yeah, and I, I again, I'm not trying to disparage Jeff Wilson in any way, shape, or form. It just, he, he's an underrated running back, but he just doesn't seem to be the guy, oh my goodness, I'm going to go get this guy, unless you're talking about Mike McDaniel, what you just said. Yeah. This guy down there, I love this guy. He's one of my favorite coaches in the league because he looks like he'd be this new guy that, um, you know, we're going 10 personnel. He looks, he looks like he'd like, take your tickets at the game. Exactly. Like, Hi, I'm Mike McDaniel. Here's some analysis I have of the team. He also looks like a guy that would be sitting at a chessboard. Uh-huh. 
instead of actually coaching an NFL team. And instead, he's a pretty good coach. And yet, he, it's so different, too. Not only is he a guy that um, is an NFL coach, he's a guy that believes, hey, you know what? We need 12 personnel. <laughs> we need 22 personnel. That's we need 21 looking. personnel. We need to go ahead and blow your face off. That's what we need to do. I'm very upset. I love that, man. Because I, I, I'm mad at myself for not thinking of this sooner. The Dolphins played the Lions this week. I didn't get to see the handshake at, at, at midfield between Dan Campbell and Mike McDaniel. Could you oh get two goodness. more different looking head coaches? <laughs> Did he like pick him up and toss him in the air and set him back down? That is awesome right there. I missed it. The visual. And they're probably not going to meet in the Super Bowl, as it turns out. It's, it's worse for me, because I didn't think of that. <laughs> See, I had no idea. No. You missed it it's, all this time. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, I'm missing it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring you down. I, 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 did, I think we fixed the thermostat, though. That's the good news. Spent the whole last break just hitting it with a hammer. All right, we come back. The uh, the Suns host the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. What do you want to see from the Suns as they go for their sixth win in seven tries? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Timberwolves tonight. I can tell you, I don't know if people are like me or not, Wolf, but for me, it is when the Suns play. Yeah, hey, a smile on my face. Let's see what happens here. The Suns, Suns right now off to a nice start, 5-1. and one. When the Cardinals play, I'm just like, all right, this is stressful. Yeah. And um, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it, it kind of feels like last year with the Phoenix Suns. It really yeah, does. The Suns are the um, reprieve right now if you're a Valley sports fan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And again, just last year when we were watching this team, you know, play to a 64 win season, um, it just the repetitive nature of how they did it over and over and over again was stunning to see it. It really was. It was something we talked about ad nauseum last season. Even Just Devin watching. Booker. Remember he said, I feel yes. like I've broken record? Yes. But it, it never got old. And, and it never got old, but it got old when the postseason came rolling Well, around. yeah, that wasn't And fun. now all of a sudden things are different. And this is what is so amazing to me because Chris Paul was talking about this very thing. Yeah, Chris Paul, um, He. this was after the game, their most recent game on on, uh, on Sunday, after the win over the Rockets, talking to Al McCoy and, uh, and Tim Kempton. We played a little bit of it for you earlier, but I want to play some more of this right here because this is... If you're watching these first few games and you're a Suns fan, you're looking close. Okay, they're still a very good team, right? But th- there are some differences, and now it's going to get a little muddled because DA's hurt. So it's going to be, you know, that's a that's a variable. You're not really going to be able to look and say, well, is this different because they're intentionally trying to be different, or is it different because DA's hurt and they had to move stuff around? But these first few games, you could tell. All right, Chris Paul sits at the end of the opener against Dallas, and right. they come back and win. DA sits at one point in the Golden State game. Yeah, at five fouls, but he still sat at the end of it. Well, uh, Jock Landale finished the game. Devin Booker attacking more from the perimeter. Devin Booker bringing the ball up the court more. Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges handling the ball more. Trying to take some of the responsibility, perhaps, off of Chris Paul. Chris Paul not taking as many shots. Yeah. And I mean, significantly so. So this is Chris Paul after the game on Sunday saying, 
basically, that's not a mirage. This was by design. Uh, here he is with Al and Tim. You know, I think we stressed it a lot uh, in preseason, in training camp. Me probably more than anybody because in the playoffs, you know, you got these guys trying to pick me up full court and do all this different stuff. So now I think the confidence that we'll build throughout the regular season will help us going into the playoffs. That's the plan. How about that right there, the confidence? So now, so now what? What do, what do you mean, Chris? Like, what is happening? No, we're, we're letting these guys get involved. And it can't just be about bringing the ball up the floor in the postseason. It can't just be about that. It's also got to be about their comfort level with taking shots late in games. Taking shots if they have to take a shot in a high-leverage situation. It's also got to be about that and gaining some confidence doing that. And we saw it from game one, to your point, Luke, with Monty Williams sitting Chris Paul in crunch time against the Dallas Mavericks in game one and campaign going out and performing. More from Chris Paul. It's Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges handling the ball more. To play, you know, we've been so, I mean... Heavy centric on me and Devin and stuff like that over the last few years. It's, it's nice to play where Cam Johnson's handling the ball, Mikael Bridges, everybody. It's an equal opportunity to offense, and uh, I, got, I, I keep saying the same thing, but it's a fun way to play. They're starting five. I want to make sure I have the right person who ranked them, but they went through and just basically rated the starting five through the first two weeks of the season. They have number two right now behind the Bucks, and it wasn't just like, oh, that one looks good and this one doesn't. Like there was there was some stats behind it too, as you can tell by the way I'm describing it. This is all very scientific, right? <laughs> but uh, but they had the the Suns as as the number two starting five through the first two weeks of the season, yeah. and it should be because. On paper, they put all of their marbles in the starting five basket. Now, they are developing a bench, and you figure this Suns bench will get better as the season goes. It already is getting better as the season goes. It's only been two weeks. You know what? I hear Chris Paul, though, say what he just said. If you could play that cut again, man, think of the positionless league the NBA is turning into. And listen to what he just said, because I think this is important, too, going forward. To play, you know, we've been so, I mean, heavy centric on me and Devin and stuff like that over the last few years. It's, it's nice to play where Cam Johnson's handling the ball, Mikael Bridges, everybody. It's an equal opportunity to offense, and uh, I, got, I, I keep saying the same thing, but it's a fun way to play. It's an equal opportunity offense, man, once again. They, they have to be capable of doing that. Um, yeah, when D.A. comes back and D.A. is in, we all know DeAndre Ayton is going to change the way the Phoenix Suns play. It's not like he's going to be out there just on the perimeter. Here we go. Let's spread the floor, and we're just going to shoot threes and penetrate. Um, you know, they're going to play a little bit differently, no doubt about it. But it, it reminds me of the game of football and what I talk about all the time. Being able to play more ways than one. Being able to be whatever you need to be in order to beat another team. That's what you got to be capable of doing. And this is what I think we're seeing. The Suns learning how to play where Chris Paul doesn't have to have the ball in his hands 20 seconds of the 24-second clock. The crazy part about that, if you really take a step back and think about this, that's Chris Paul saying that, right? That's not some like third-year player or whatever that's, that's this kind of new-age player. Chris Paul's been in the league since 2005. 
The redeemed team, yeah. Doc, that I keep telling everybody to watch. Yeah. And by the way, watch it. Uh, you know, he's he's on that team, and he's been in the league for a couple of years. And that was 2008 when they put that, that uh, U.S. team together. For him, at this point in his career, to be like, yeah, I like this. I, yeah. I, I'm totally, like, he's completely on board with switching to this style of basketball. Or being capable of doing it, once again. Yeah, it's not true. even switching. It's, it's hey, listen, Chris Paul, he understands the pick and roll and how that's going to work. He understands. I think he's you got want, it down. You want to be able to do that at some point in time, obviously. But you want to be able to do it all, even with CP out on the floor. It's not, it's not changing everything or devaluing Chris Paul or minimizing Correct. how much you lean on him. You're going to lean on him in the playoffs. You already know this. You wouldn't have beat New Orleans last year without him. And when you didn't basically have him, you had somebody who looked like him against Dallas. You were done. This is one of those steps of let's evolve as a team this season. Maybe you'll pick up stuff here you're going to use in the playoffs yes. anyway. But the the almost certain byproduct of all this is Chris Paul should be fresher when the playoffs roll around. Once again, you want to be capable of doing it all. Doing whatever you need to do in order to beat your opponent. Especially in high leverage situations. You gotta get these guys used to it. You gotta get Cam Johnson used to it. You gotta get Mikal Bridges used to saying, hey, you know what? That's an open shot. It's a high leverage situation. It's an open shot. It doesn't have to be just Devin Booker. It doesn't have to be just Chris Paul. It's gotta be all of us. We all have to be capable of doing it. Well, how do you do that? Well, you, you nurture it. You, you develop it throughout the course of regular season games. That means you're probably going to lose more games than what you did last year. Win 56. That's exactly fine. right. Win 55. But now maybe you're cultivating something that will really benefit you in the postseason. You just, you saw a team as deep as they looked at times last year during the regular season in the playoffs. It was like, oh, they're really reliant on two guys and one of them's not right. And then even in game seven, Booker wasn't right. What you, what the playoffs should have, and it feels like did teach us all over the last two years, is you need to have what? Let's say eight guys you truly trust in the playoffs. Is that a fair number? Yeah, let's I say. Would say so. You know, because there were times last year, it's like, oh, the Suns can go ten deep in the, you know, in the regular season. Yeah. That's great, but in the playoffs, it felt like they couldn't go past the bench. They couldn't even get to the bench at certain points in that Dallas series. Now, what you have with this starting lineup. I think I think we all have pretty good amount of confidence in all five of the guys in the starting lineup. So to me, Wolf, they basically have 82 games to develop three stud players off the bench that you know you can go to in in crunch time. And if you can't develop three of them, then you can go out and get one at the trade deadline. So I think Landry Landry Shamet's got a chance, does he not? I think Campaign's I think all those guys have a, a chance, chance, but the three of them got to do it. Man, Jock Landell's got a chance. Damian Lee, D. Lee, like to call him D. Lee. It's kind of cool, huh? Yeah, it's short. It. You are the nickname guy. That's what I'm saying. What's up, D? <laughs> All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Tom Brady hasn't looked like Tom Brady this year, and he gave us a bit of an explanation why last night. We'll explain next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, breaking news. All right, this just... Yeah, it's actually good news, I think. Okay. Uh, And I I apologize in advance if I butcher this name. But the Cardinals just made a pretty big signing. Um, 
Camus Grucher Hill is signing with the Arizona Cardinals per source. Uh, He led the Texans with 108 tackles and 13 tackles for loss in 2021 and had started all six games for them in 2022 prior prior to requesting his release last week. That's from Adam Schefter. They just put that out there so you'd have to pronounce that name. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I think I butchered it, but it just came down. So, All right, well, that's the linebacker. It's not an edge rusher. Yeah. Necessarily, but uh, 108 tackles, 13 tackles for a loss in 2021. Um, yeah, it's, it's a move. You know, it's not um, a trade. It's a move. No, it is. It is a move, and it's a move in an area. I think um, he, he's playing weak side, inside. Is he or? What what do they list his position as being? Because I, to I me, I've known him as a okay, a weak side inside linebacker. That's what I've known him to be. Um, okay, you know. So, so what we'll do you see. what do you what are you thinking that means for this team? Just depth? I'm, I'm wondering if somebody else is banged up. That's what I. That's a, you know what I mean. Here we go. <laughs> Somebody's Here always go. hurt. Wondering what this means for somebody else. So, okay, that's a move. A guy who's been productive, that certainly uh, is capable of going out and, and playing okay, playing well. You have 108 tackles. Yeah. Um, uh, yet at the same time, it's not it's not like Bradley. Yeah, you Trump wanted Bradley Chubb. Yeah, no, it's uh, Camus Grugier Hill, and he is somebody that has, as Jesse just pointed out, has has made some tackles in this league. But unfortunately, Wolf, maybe we're just conditioned for this because when we did the show a couple weeks ago and they traded for Robbie Anderson, we were both like, "Oh, that's interesting," and then we both were like, "That means somebody's hurt." And sure enough, yeah. it was Hollywood Brown, who we knew was hurt, but we didn't know how badly he was hurt. I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm jaded at this point. When the Cardinals add somebody, I just assume it means somebody got hurt, and we just don't know about I it. I know, yet. right? Yeah. Okay. But either way, this is he's. If you don't want to be jaded, if you want to look at this from a different perspective, they just added somebody from Houston. How about that? And every time they add somebody from Houston, it's somebody Houston ultimately wants back. So that's a well that they've gone to in the past for DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt and some yes. of these guys. So There's always a, a first thing. time. Well, that's okay. That's fine. We're just I'm just, I'm just, just saying right now, you just, you know, yeah, okay, look, uh, you just don't want to make it sound like it's Bradley Chubb. No, it's not Bradley Chubb. I'm sorry we couldn't get you Bradley Chubb. I kind of wanted Bradley Chubb. I said so did I. I was all over Bradley Chubb. This is uh, Tom. anyone with the last name of Chubb has got to be able to play the game. You would have taken Nick Chubb. How different would the Cardinals look if they had Nick Chubb, do you think? How different would the offense look? <sighs> would, they, would they put his toes at seven You'd and have let him to attack the Chubb. line of scrimmage? Would they put Kyler under center and let Nick Chubb run at the line of scrimmage? Would they do it? <laughs> that is the question I would have. This is Tom Brady on that Let's Go podcast yesterday talking about what, you know, everybody knows now. He's uh, getting divorced from Giselle. The Buccaneers are not looking good at all. They're three and five. They've lost five of their last six. If not for a phantom roughing the passer calling Grady Jarrett in that Atlanta game, it might be six straight for Tampa Bay. And here's uh, Brady talking about his situation now going forward. Professionals in life that go through things that 
they deal with that work and they deal with it at home. And obviously the good news is things that it's a very amicable situation. And I'm really focused on two things, taking care of my family and certainly my children. Secondly, doing the best job I can to win football games. So that's what professionals do. You focus at work when it's time to work. And then when you come home, you focus on the priorities that are at home. All you can do is the best you could do. That's what I'll just continue to do as long as I'm working and as long as I'm being a dad. Wow. There's more. Do you want more? There's one more clip from Brady. Yeah, you know, it does. It brings back so many memories and most of them um, tough memories for me. So go ahead and play Brady. Uh, This one's a little bit longer. I think that's what being a professional is. I've dealt with a lot of challenging situations on and off the field over 23 years. And a lot of it does play out, you know, in front of a lot of people. So it's, I think, the interesting thing for, you know, football player and athlete in general is, you know, you're out there. I always say we're not actors, you know, even though we're on TV, you know, that is our real self out there. We're trying to do our best. That's how people really had gotten to know me over the years by being on TV and that is an authentic self that's out there to compete with my teammates every day and you're giving all you can to the team and you know everyone's going through different things we all have our unique challenges in life we're all humans we do the best we could do I have incredible parents that have always taught me the right way to do things you know I want to be a great father to my children and always try to do things the right way as well to deal with things that in your life that have challenges you want to deal with them in the best possible way so I want to always be able to hold my head high on and off the field and I'm going to try to continue to do that for as long as I'm here. Where do you begin on that one right there? Because for me, it's just the, 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 you got to deal with it. You have to deal with it. And he obviously is dealing with all of this. This is highly personal stuff. Yeah. And you listen to him. That, that's, you asked me where I begin with that. I give him, I'm not the world's biggest Brady fan. Like, I appreciate how good he is at football. Yeah. But I, I give him a lot of credit for going on there. And he doesn't have to. I mean, I understand that's his podcast with, uh, with Jim Gray and the one that Fitz was, is on, was on too. Um, but he doesn't have to say all that. And I can't imagine going through a situation like that and going through it so publicly. and I'm sure there's days where you just don't even want to think about it. That's probably part of, honestly, the healing process is to get distracted and think about something else, right? And it's just going to be constantly in his face because everybody around the world knows about it. I will say this. I know Tampa Bay looks terrible, and they've been saying this, Wolf. I still think they're capable of making a run. I'm not going to bet against Brady till he retires. I've, I, I'm not. Yeah. They're in a bad division. If they were in a good division, then I would say they're in trouble. But I, I think they're going to get into the playoffs by virtue of being in a horrible division. And then, you know, anything goes. Yeah, you know, I disagree with you. You know that I do. Listen to Tom Brady talk about wanting to be a good dad and how important that is wanting to be a good father and now all of a sudden he's in a situation where he's living apart from Giselle he's living apart maybe from his kids um, most likely I would imagine and yet he wants to be really involved he was raised by good parents taught him how to do it right all of this and yet we see Tom Brady look distracted on a football field so you tell me who's going to win, his kids or the game of football? See, I, 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 this is why I don't think it's going to go away. Not, not this year. He might sit there and play next year. I, I have no idea. But I don't think this is going to go away this year. And because of that, I think the Bucks are going to go away. 
this year. Well, yeah, if, if Brady is distracted, it, it would make a lot of sense that he will be. Then the Bucks have no chance. I guess for me, it's more not that not that this is going to get resolved, but they may just back into the playoffs. And then if you're telling me Brady for three hours in a playoff game can put distractions away, that's a lot different than putting distractions away for six months. You know, especially when those distractions are more important. Honestly, it's one thing to be distracted. Oh, I'm distracted by this, and you know, deep down, you should be more focused on football. I can only imagine. Oh, I'm distracted by my kids. Well, that is more important. Than football, so that actually is a real. Uh, that's that's a lot tougher. Week nine of Bix picks is underway. Text pick to six twenty six twenty to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize seventy five inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a fifty dollar gift card to Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. So text pick to six twenty six twenty to enter. We come back a look ahead to tonight's matchup for the Suns against the Minnesota Timberwolves, a team that presents kind of unique matchup in the front court, and a couple Suns players are weighing in on that. We'll get you their thoughts next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, now I'm distracted, but I'm going to refocus, Wolf. Why? No, I just am. I'll tell you during the break. Okay. I guess it's not a break. The show will be over. Well, that's kind of cryptic. I just don't understand some people, but whatever. That's fine. Um, over to uh, over to, over to basketball. People I know what you're talking about, Luke. Do you? Luke. Yeah. Do you get it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're I, talking I just, about. I... Whatever. Next. When you interview somebody, you don't ask the exact same questions every single week. That's fine. That's yeah, okay. That's, yeah. All right. No big deal. I guess. Thank uh, you. I'll just. I'll just. She's not going to say anything. Okay, please. Um, I, I, just hypothetically, Wolf. <laughs> if you were going to if you were going to interview somebody, should you just ask them if they're going to be fired every single week? Is um, that not asking oh, a vanilla question? Is that yeah, what that I is? See, yeah, no, I, 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 I'll ask. I'll ask somebody that once, and then and I ask a different question the next week. For the most part, yeah. There's a certain way you have to ask somebody questions if if you intend yeah. to keep interviewing them all season long. Yeah. So you do ask hard questions, but you don't ask sure. the same question every single week. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you know it's it's amazing out there. There are so many people that think being respectful is a weakness. Um, you're weak if you believe that. Look, I'm just telling you right now, you are. I'm just going to say there's a football team in town that is struggling, and you have to ask hard questions. Oh, yeah. I would say the hard questions have been asked by us in the last three weeks. Oh yeah. If you have suggestions. Feel free to send them my way. If they're legit, I'll ask them. But just say, don't ask vanilla questions. Um, right. What, what exactly does that mean? I'm not going to go to somebody and say you should be fired every week. That's yeah. not a question. Yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, this is one of not what I want to Especially when about. you're wrong. Especially when I just asked the question last week. I'm just saying. Anyway, over to basketball. This is why the Suns are a lot more fun than the uh, football team in town right now. The uh, Phoenix Suns playing Minnesota tonight. Jock Landale has his hands full, but uh, so far he's been up to the task every time around. Now they're going to face a Minnesota team that has Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, so that's a little bit different. Rudy. Teams aren't typically built this way. Jock Landale, this is just from practice today, uh, talking about that. I don't, I don't think I've played against Carl Anthony Towns before, but playing against Rudy, I know that he brings a 
presence in the paint, um, you know, that often deters people from going down there. So got to make sure we stay with our staff and continue to just play the way we're going to play. And, 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 um, and I don't think that'll be too much of a problem for our guys. So, we'll, you know, we're just going to keep the same game plan. It's just they're big. You know, they play 4-5, which is a massive lineup. Um, but we'll keep sticking with what we, we do. You think Jock Landale could sound any more Australian <laughs> if he tried? <laughs> It's so funny, isn't it? I mean, he, you listen to their accent, and their accent is just so fun, isn't it? The, the Australian accent in particular. It's just so fun when you listen to it. It's like they're so good-natured. And what is amazing, you go, you go ahead and you look at the history of Australia, Basin Arnians. You go ahead and you look at it. These are some of the toughest dudes that ever walked the earth. They live down. They live with all of the most poisonous animals. <laughs> and then if they're like, let's just get in the it's, water, that's where all the great white sharks are. Yet they, they walk around, you know, what a good day, mate. You know, I mean, they're just the, their attitudes for the most part. Their accent, mate, it sounds so fun. And yet these are these are people that historically, once again, go back and look at it. Some of the toughest divisions in World War II, man, were Australian divisions. It's unbelievable. And that goes out that goes back all the way through history. Uh, this is campaign from today. This is talking about how just different Minnesota is. And we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. Minnesota traded too much for Rudy Gobert. They they just did. Utah, if you're if you're the Jazz and you're looking to rebuild and you're like you're going to get how many first round picks for Rudy Gobert? Yeah, but yeah, they really done. liked Rudy Gobert. They what? thought, oh, "My goodness, Rudy Gobert, he's going to change everything." Rudy, 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 he's going to change everything. And he might. Especially for Carl Anthony Towns. He might. Uh, they both things can be true. They may have given up too much and they may pay for that in two or three years or four years or five whatever. But that doesn't change the fact that having Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns together in the same front court right now, tonight, is a challenge for an opposing team. Here's campaign. Talk about too big. Yeah, yeah. And probably about six years ago, like when it was traditional NBA, uh, haven't, haven't, haven't seen two bigs like this in a minute. Probably when I was in OKC, when it was Steven Adams, Serge Ibaka. Like, yeah. like when, those, when they were on my team and uh, we had two bigs like that. Uh, it's, it's definitely a different dynamic, especially how the league's been going. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, tonight. This is the definition of zigging when everybody else sags. That's exactly right. Did you hear what he just said? Look at the, the league and the way the league's been going. What do you mean? Well, of course you're talking about the positionless league. And now you got not one, but two bigs. You're going the other way. That's really, really interesting, man. And why not, too? Carl Anthony Towns is more finesse than he is physical, in my opinion. This is just me watching him play. I think he's more finesse, more skilled than he is physical. Rudy Gobert? Just the opposite. Much more physical than I think he is skilled. You can see why the Timberwolves wanted to do why they wanted to do this. Basically for what you just said. The Carl Anthony Towns is more of a finesse guy. He can hit threes. He's a very good player, whereas Rudy doesn't care about his points. Halftime he doesn't score points, but he's gonna be a monster defensively. Um, and he's issue. gonna bang. He's gonna bang. Throw his body around. So you don't you don't need you don't need cat throwing his body around as much. 
And they have Anthony Edwards, who isn't a big, but is amazing. My, my so goodness, should, Anthony Edwards right now. I can't there. wait to watch him play tonight. But the, truly. The, 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 the potential downside for Minnesota comes in a playoff series, because we've seen teams before with Gobert when he was on the Jazz. If you're playing the Jazz, you sub out certain guys, and they basically have to sub Rudy Gobert off the floor. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. Yeah, right. I'm just saying, I still don't love that trade for Minnesota, but on November 1st, when you're playing against them, and you don't have DeAndre Ayton... This is a test for the Suns. This is a test for Jock Landale, and it's a test for Bismack Biombo. Uh, I'm so glad you brought up Anthony Edwards because um, watching him play last season was was joyful. <laughs> this guy, especially at the end of last year, um, he is evolving into something, and he was evolving into something before our very eyes at the end of last year. And who do you think is going to be on Anthony Edwards? Who do you think might actually get that assignment? I, I just I I go to Mikel every game. And exactly. I'm like, Here's the best you're, player you're, on the other like, team. You know your job, Mikel. This is what you're gonna do. I cannot wait to see that tonight. That's gonna be good, dude. Minnesota is the sort of team that is a pretty good basketball team, but in the Western Conference, it's like there's no given. There's no guarantee they're a top six team. I don't think they are, honestly. I don't think they're a top six team. I, and, and that's not a knock on them, but you figure, okay, Warriors, Suns, Pelicans, Nuggets, Grizzlies. Yeah. I, most people would say Clippers. So I mean, what are they right now? Four and three on the year? Are yeah, they? It has them eighth right now. Is it yeah. four and three? Yeah, four and three. Really? Okay. Good. Three oh, of those games man. have been against San Antonio. Yeah. Oh, I thought you just randomly no, knew Minnesota's record. Just stabbed it out of the air, man. Look at you. Just randomly just, knowing. Just, you know, by looking at some of the scores and trying to remember. How about that? A wedge buster. Trying to remember. That's good. Knowing knowing the Timberwolves record seven games into the season. I, look, Minnesota is a, is a team that you might meet in the playoffs. That's essentially what I'm trying to say. They are not a top six team, I don't think. But they are... They're too good to miss the like. They're probably going to be a play-in team that has to play a yeah, tough team right. to get in. But they should be in. They're a tough team in the in their own right. And it's going to be interesting to watch that though. That dynamic with Cat and Rudy Gobert. Yeah. You know <laughs> what about it when everyone else is as you said zigging as opposed to zagging? I kind of admire that. I so like do I. okay, we're in a loaded That's why conference. I can't wait to see it. They just went too far, and Danny Ainge just took everything they had. Oh, you, Danny Ainge was probably like, you know, look at this conference. You really should zig when everybody else zags. Oh, Danny, that's a good idea. What should we do? You give me all of your picks. Yeah. And Jared Vanderbilt, by the way. We'll take him, too. He's pretty good. And we'll give you Rudy Gobert. We're going to play some old-school basketball. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go back to 1989 basketball. <laughs> we're going to go back. We're going to get a couple of bigs, and we're going to hammer you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how that works, this man. Is Wolf Are as, you not as an NBA up on coach. that one? No, and, and honestly, it's I just now every time Devin Booker plays a game, I'm just going to think 42 to 1 MVP odds. <laughs> like I I thought that this guy had earned national respect. I thought we had turned this corner first team all NBA. Most places that did their preseason list top 10 in the NBA. A guy that was in the MVP conversation last year. <laughs> His MVP odds are 42 to 1 here. We're two weeks into the season. Yeah. So there Do you have you any sound, Luke? I don't have any sound. And also, we're breaking later than normal, if you oh. can't tell. Oh, yeah. Are so we? Do you have any final thoughts? You have about 10 seconds to say something important. Um, let me think. 
No. Oh, see, I was really looking forward to something like that. Okay. All right. Then we're just going to break right now. Uh, thanks to Rick. Thanks to uh, Lauren Koval behind the glass, putting it all together today. Maloney will be back tomorrow for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo next right here on 98.7 FM. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.